Proverbs is a wisdom book. God wants to give you wisdom so that you can live your life to the fullest, that you can live your life to the glory of God. So I want to talk about a few things. I have uh, 10 verses that picked out from this, from this uh, chapter. Let me tell them to you. I don't have a board to write on, so we're just going to have to, to uh, remember and use our imagination. I'm going to give them to you in order. Verse 1, verse 6, verse 9, 12, 13, and 14. I said 1, 6, 9, 12, 13, and 14, 18, 19, 27, and 28. So we'll be turning and looking and reading those verses. 1, 6, 9, 12, 13, 14, 18, 19, 27, and 28. Got it, right? Everybody got it. What's the first one? Oh, you got that. All right, let me read verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I'm going to read those verses, and I'll come back to them and just give a thought for each verse. Verse 6. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Verse 9. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Verse 12, when the, tri when the righteous triumph, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, people hide themselves. Verse 13, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Verse 14, blessed is the one who fears the Lord always. But whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Verse 18, we got four verses left, 18, 19, 27, and 28. 18, whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. Verse 19, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Verse 27, whoever gives to the poor will not want. But he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. Verse 28. When the wicked rise, people hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. All right. So in this chapter, we have a collection of, of truths um, that would give us wisdom for living life. And so you could probably preach, or I, could, I could probably preach a sermon from each verse. But I want to give you just a quick highlight or uh, comment on each verse, and then we'll move on. And I want you to think and consider how can this help or guide or instruct you in living. Verse 1, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Wrong, my comment on that, wrongdoers are paranoid. They're always looking around because they've done wrong. They're thinking God going to catch me. It's God going to punish me. Verse 6. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Um, somebody under, under 16 answer this question for me. What does integrity mean in that verse? Malachi, exactly what integrity is, doing the right thing when no one is watching. A person who does right has integrity. That's the quality we have of, of 
I know that I have done what is right. I don't have to worry about myself. But verse 6, um, my simple right note on that is do what's right, not what can make a lot of money. Do what's right, not what you think can make a lot of money. Don't chase money. Chase what is right. Verse 9. Can someone read that for me? Verse 9. You won't listen to God, God won't listen to you. Think about that. We're here for prayer today. If you turn your ear from the law, from what God has to say, you have no right to, to pray to him. All right, let's look at verse 12. Someone read that for me. A word for that. Milwaukee. When the, right, when the righteous triumph, there is great joy. When the wicked rise, people hide themselves. It's like, I don't want to drive at night anymore because there's too much nonsense going around. Um, but that, that's true. Verse 13, come read that for me. Be honest with God. He knows and he will forgive. If you confess and repent, be honest with God. Don't hide it from God. For our young people and our old ones as well, um, sometimes we think that God didn't see that. God didn't hear that. He does. He sees. He hears. Be honest with him. <coughs> Verse 14. Someone read that for me. Okay. Think, look, think about this. Trouble follows the fool. Blessings follow the righteous. Trouble follows the fool. Blessings follow the righteous. Verse 18, I want one of our youth to read that. Who's going to volunteer for that? Volunteers to read verse 18. Um, that's the same as verse 14. Trouble follows the fool. Blessings follow the righteous. Verse 19. Someone read that for me. Um, I know that's, um, we talked to our, our younger generation. You're not working yet. You're certainly not working your land. You don't own land yet and you don't have a job yet. But this is teaching us, learn to work hard. Learn to be diligent at what you do. Practice that. If it's one thing I can say to my students at school, is they need to learn how to work, what hard work is. They always complain. Oh, this is too much. Oh, we got homework. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Learn to work hard. God wants you to, to do that, to work hard. Then verse 27, someone read that for me. Be gentle. 28, can you read that for me? Okay, remember I said, verse 12, I said Milwaukee. This is, this is the solution to Milwaukee. When the wicked rise, people hide themselves, but when they perish, 
righteous increase. The righteous increase. Have a system where the wicked perish. In other words, bring right justice. Put them in jail for doing wrong. Give them tickets for driving crazy. Chase them down with a police car and arrest them. When that starts to happen, wickedness will decrease. Same thing in the home. When you discipline wrongdoing of it, I guarantee you that. It works, parents. Follow it up. So that's a wisdom from Proverbs chapter 28. Good evening, sir. Meditating through the book of Hebrews. And now we're all the way into chapter 10, side of the book. So let's start at chapter 10, verse 1, and read from there. It says, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, This is the covenant I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law on their hearts and write them on their mind. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Let's talk about it. In this chapter, two of our three keys. He is talking about the age in the past. How in the Old Testament they used to have a sacrificial system. And how in the use of that sacrificial system, they constantly were offering and killing animals, constantly. Every year at least. Oftentimes more than that. And the point of those sacrifices was to cleanse people of their sins. Constantly they were doing it. And he calls that a shadow of the things to come. In other words, it represents something that is good, that is coming, but it is not quite there yet. He talks about the fact that if the sacrifices for sins were so good, why did they have to keep doing it? 
contrast that with Jesus Christ. And so now we go from the age in the past to the present age. Where Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins once. Now I know we have a profane religion out there today. And there's a profane religion that believes that every time they take communion, Jesus Christ dies again. They will be happening to not have read Hebrews 10 rightly. That will be the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church believes every time they give communion that Jesus Christ has died again. And in some ways is being sacrificed again. And there's a reason that many church fathers had a problem with that. I know people just keep communion. Oh, that's just them eating their bread and their wine. It's not just that. Because when you do it that way, you're saying Christ died wasn't enough. His death wasn't enough. It's got to be keep being done. That's not what the Bible said. It said after he died, he sat down. In fact, the Gospels record these words after he died. He said, right before he died, what did he say? It is after he died, the veil was torn in two. Now the veil in the Old Testament separated people from God. Just like in the Ten Commandments story, God descended on the mountain. He said, everybody come around me so I can hug you. Is that what he said? That's not what he said. What did he say? Build a fence. Set security. And even if somebody passes the border, don't chase after them. Shoot them with an arrow. Don't get close. You can't come close to me. I'm too holy. I'm too powerful for you. You cannot draw near to me any old way. Somebody touched the cart that God was in. Dead. People went in the Holy of Holies not the right way. Dead. A king tried to offer a sacrifice he wasn't supposed to. He tried to go to the Holy of Holies. Instantly, leprosy broke out right in the middle of his forehead. It was like, king, oh my goodness, look what God did to you. And he felt it. And he was so shocked, he stopped fighting. The priest fought him off, and they pushed him out of there. And he went back to his home, and he was isolated for the rest of his life. He died a leper because he tried to go where God was, and he was not supposed to be there. But after Jesus rose again, what do you say to his disciples? Touch my hands. Let me breathe on you. He said that. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now he was putting a pun out there because for his, in his language, breath and spirit meant the same thing. Right? So he was saying, receive the Holy Breath. They were like, what? The unbelief, be believers. Come near me. Peter, come eat fish with me. Remember that? Unlike in the Old Testament where God says, you better make a barrier. In our age, what does God say? I'm going to make a home in their hearts. I will walk among them. I will be with them. In the Old Testament, people sacrifice their sins, but the problem with the law is that just because I tell somebody not to steal, it doesn't change their desire to steal. But when you get saved and you believe in Jesus Christ, 
he changes the desire to steal. You'll still be tempted, but he puts in there also the Holy Spirit to say, no, I don't agree with that. You should not do that. That goes against my ways. I remember there was a tax collector who was stealing from all the people. And he came to Jesus one day and he said, Jesus, come eat with me. Now notice the difference between Jesus and the Old Testament, New Testament and the Jesus God back then. No, he said, no, I'll come with you. And he said, Lord, whoever I stole from, I'm going to pay him back twice. The guy that got a hold of that tax collector. He had been somebody who had stolen. He admitted he stole. Now let me tell you, getting a, a thief to admit they stole, that's the hardest thing in the world to do. That you might as well turn the sun a different color. It is impossible to do. That right there is a, one of the biggest miracles in the Bible. He admitted he stole, and then he paid him back. It shows a changed heart. And after his heart was changed, he wanted to walk with Jesus. He wasn't the only tax collector that did that. We got a book written by a tax collector. His name is Matthew. God is not only saving us from our sins, he is also giving us his Holy Spirit and giving us a sense of right and wrong. Now, I know we're all born with a little bit of a sense of right and wrong, but he enhances that. And then he puts a person in there who can talk with us. And he can tell us right and wrong. He can guide us. He can direct us. He can say, hey, look at this scripture. You see that I wrote that? The Holy Spirit claims the authorship for all scripture. He can say, hey, I wrote this. I know what it means. He can explain it to us. When we read and we get stuck on scripture, he's the one that unlocks it for us. He's the one that takes the word of the preacher. And you sit there and you say, man, God is speaking to me. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He just jumps off the words of the preacher. Don't necessarily, yeah, you can praise the preacher for allowing himself to be used, but thank the Holy Spirit for jumping off those words, jumping into your mind and helping you understand them. It's him who's doing that work. That's why he says, I remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. That doesn't mean that he didn't know what you did. It means he doesn't hold it against you. And that's a blessing. Some people act like we have an ignorant guy who's like, what? I didn't know you did. No, it's not like that. He says that's paid for. Remember, it didn't say that he's forgetful to forgive us of our sins. It said he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. How is he for just? He's just because somebody paid He's faithful because he keeps his word. Because what did he say? He said, I remember their sins and deeds no more. He kept his word. He's faithful. He's faithful. And we can praise God for that. So what's the main key of this passage? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Sure, we talk about the ages, but the point of this passage is Jesus. And why is he preaching Jesus? Well, that's the key that's not talked about here, but it's going to be talked about for the rest of the book. Here on, the rest of the book is going to be about believing in him. That's why we explain it. That's why this book had to go through this. That's why this book might be considered by some to be very difficult. But he's explaining what we ought to believe. I believe it is not easy. On the other hand, believing is easy. Believe it is not easy because some people think they need to understand everything that the gospel preaches before they can start accepting what God told them to do. We need to have faith like a child. Children don't need to know every step from A to Z, or most of them. 
But children trust you. That's why we have laws against people taking advantage of children. They innately trust you. We need to trust our God because we know his character. And as you trust him, you'll learn more and more. But then it's hard to believe because we all got to lay down our pride. I believe every time I go out there and I witness on Saturday, people don't believe not because they don't understand it, not because they have their own philosophies. It's because of their own pride. They won't lay it down. Everybody's pride gets in the way. And some people we stand on our spirit. Better bow down before our Lord. We're going to move to our prayer time.